Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here. As always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 2-0 away win at Stamford Bridge. We're not inebriated. We're not delusional. Well, I mean, we'll probably be slightly delusional this podcast, and there's good reason for it. But we did actually win away at Stamford Bridge for the first time in what feels like eternity. I think it's roughly 20 attempts or something like that that I've read. Maybe it's a little bit less, a little bit more. Regardless, it's been a very, very long time. But of course, we do have Mr. Simon O'Regan and Tom Nightingale here as well. So, Tom, I'll come to you first. How's it going for you? It's been a little while. It has been a while. Um, We were saying before, I think last time I was on, I think we won as well but that's most weeks now isn't it <laughs> um yeah i mean chelsea away um there are some wins that you just you stay high on the fumes of the win for a for a few days afterwards right and this is this is definitely one of those uh for me the most pleasing thing is that um i felt going in like we could go and if we play the kind of football that we know we're capable of under emery i always felt like we could win but to go to go in and feel like we can win, and then for, for Villa to just sort of strut in the way that we did, almost arrogant, not respecting Chelsea at all, really knowing we can win, perfectly confident in the game plan, and to pull it off, um, not only pull it off but almost perfectly. Like I know that Chelsea had a Chelsea had a couple of really good chances, rode our luck a bit as you have to games like this, but wasn't even like it was smash and grab really i think we thought we were a very good value for it and it's just it uh just fills you with confidence about what this villa team can achieve absolutely simon i'll come to you next how's it going for you yeah very well very well thank you yeah um sort of like tom said there's there's, there's certain wins that you have that yeah, you, you, you're quite elated for a while about them. And that, that was definitely one yesterday. Um, I was out in Birmingham last night watching the game in the pub and then had a had a very, very good night out, shall we say, afterwards, which which has meant today's been a bit of a write-off. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, it's definitely worth it. Like, again, sort of echoing what Tom said there, I, you go in, I went into this game confident that we were more than capable of, of getting something from there. And the, just the way that we are at the moment, as soon as we went 2-0 up, I thought, that's game over. <laughs> there's there's no way Chelsea coming back in this game. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, just, it's almost a strange feeling to have this level of confidence and happiness. It's, it's been so long, I think, since, you know, we were talking off air, you know, the, probably the last great run we've had Premier League-wise, the way we are at the moment, you're going back to like the Martin O'Neill days and, you know, it's, it's been a long, long time since I think Villa fans have been able to feel like this genuinely excited about what the team can do. And um, 
I'm so excited for the future. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. Now, Simon, I heard a rumor over last night. A lot of people reached out to me on WhatsApp and on Twitter and said you were seen running down the street singing Party Girl. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl, maybe it is. I don't know which one it was. I'm a Barbie girl? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. You were happy. Is this is this true or false? I mean, all I'm going to say is my memories of last night are very, very sketchy. So I'm not going to confirm or deny anything that could land me in some serious trouble. <laughs> well, if you do find Seb in a bin, that might have happened last night as well. <laughs> but regardless of that, let's be honest, I did not hear about this. A lot of people didn't reach out to me. I'm not that popular and uh, I probably never will be. But regardless of that, like I said at the very start of this podcast, it was 2-0 to the Villa away at Chelsea. Ollie Watkins scoring in the 80, 18th minute. I almost said 88th. That would have been a nice one for a 3-0. John McGinn scoring in the 56th minute, assisted by Jacob Ramsey. I mean, Tom, I'll come to you first. We'll just kind of group both goals together. Considering the stats, and I'll I'll get to them after I I get to your point here, um, they were heavily in favor of Chelsea, but two very, very well-taken goals, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, I know the um, first goal, we got a bit lucky with... uh... Mark Kukurea with misjudging that header. What a fine, uh, what a fine expense he's been for Chelsea. Um, but Ollie Watkins, I think we said, I said last time I was on, I think. Ollie Watkins, um, you know you know two things at the moment you're gonna get from Ollie Watkins. You're gonna get a miss and you you're gonna get a goal. And when Watkins was played, what McGinn played Watkins clean through, I think about seven minutes in, something like that, and he dragged the shot wide. I was obviously a bit disappointed that he missed that one, but I thought, A, it's a very positive sign of things to come in this game. And B, do you know what that means? He's got the miss out the way really early on. He's scoring the next one. And then when Louise brought that ball forward from midfield and sent that over the top and Kukurea misjudged it, and it comes through to Watkins and you, you're just thinking, just take your time. Do you know what I mean? Like he had bags of time and you just hope that he knew that. And he, and he did. And it's just like perfect. Like that's a man in confidence. Um there was that thing, that bit in the second half, right, where he had Watkins got the ball and he had like three players really tight around him and sort of wriggled out with a bit of a fancy flick and got away. And it's just like the confidence is like visibly coming off him at the moment. It's it's incredible to see. You can almost see it. Um, and so for him to, to for him to extend that run, fantastic. And then John McGinn, oh, you know, like one of them's got to go in, haven't they, at one point? <laughs> like he's got to score one of them. Um, and what I will say about him is when he comes up with these, when he when he comes up with these stunners, they tend to be at very good times. Like I'm thinking, um, scored one, didn't he? Palace away, when we beat Palace away. And it, I think he scored the second goal in that game as well. And it was really late, 85, something like that, to clinch it. Um, comes up big a lot. Um, doesn't score very often these days, but does does tend to come up big when he does score. Just what a hit. Unbelievable. In front of the away end. Perfect. Um, and just two great goals. And to your point about stats, not to be too flippant about it, but like, I don't give a shit, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it was, Mar- was it Mourinho said it? Like, you can win the, you can win the game without the ball. And for me, like, you know that Chelsea are going to have a lot of possession. You know that Chelsea are going to have chances, but... One thing that I love as well is taking the goals really well. And like I mentioned, like every player knows what their job is. We execute the game plans perfectly. The thing is now Villa, like we're used to typical Villa, shoddy defending, like goalkeeper maybe a little bit suspect, like that sort of not really controlling the midfield. Villa at the moment got a clinical striker, got a midfield that can dominate most teams. 
the exception maybe of City and Arsenal, as we saw a few weeks ago. Apart from that, honestly, the way this Villa team are playing with Kamara back in there, I'd put our midfield for form and confidence up against any team in the league, pretty much. Mings and Concer, centre-half partnership, is back to what it was. 2020, 2021, whatever that season was, where we're keeping clean sheets every other week. They look phenomenal together. Like Mings' level has never really dropped, but Concer is back to where he was and that understanding and that wavelength is there. And then if somehow a team manages to get through our midfield, get through our defence, got the best goalkeeper in the world to try and beat, you know. So it's just like, how can you not be filled with confidence the way this Villa team are playing? Perfect away win. And the thing is now is these wins aren't flashes in the pan anymore. We're doing this every every game away from home. Most games at the moment, obviously form doesn't last forever, but it's not like we're just on a really lucky streak. It's indicative of the work that's been put in and the fact that we've got a guy in charge who is an actual definition of a high class, if not top class manager. It's fantastic to see. And you did touch on kind of the term of stats there. And I think a lot of people fall in love with them and they base a lot of things on them. And of course, I think it's important to have a little bit of balance. But like you said, you could have 10% of the possession. If you have that lone shot and it goes in and keep a clean sheet, that's all that matters at the end of the day. I mean, to read it out really quickly, um, I mean, possession, Chelsea had 69, uh, Villa had 31. uh, Chelsea had 27 shot attempts. We had five. They had eight shots on target. We had two. Uh, They had 13 corners. We had two. They had 14 fouls. We had 16. Um, I I mean, you look at that, and I think a lot of major media outlets, Simon, immediately thought, well, that's a poor day at the office for Chelsea, which in a weird way I almost like because they're not focusing on Villa, which means in hindsight, kind of looking at it, there's not more uh, speculation about X, Y, and Z player leaving for big club. But you know what? They can just keep ignoring us, can't they? Because we're coming up with the goods at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that we're kind of not getting anywhere near the level of credit that, that I think we, we should do, but I don't think that's anything new. I, I think, unfortunately, the fact that we're based in in Birmingham, it just we're the national media just don't really tend to give a shit about West Midlands football in general. It's not just our club. At any, if any club in the West Midlands is doing well or anything, it, it, there's never any coverage. So I'm, I'm kind of used to that. But, um, you know, like you say, we're sort of quietly just going about, going about our business brilliantly. And, you know, be, before this game, because uh, I'm a real saddo, I just, all I do is listen to football podcasts pretty much. <laughs> I listen to loads. And all, all the previews of this game, you know, it was almost just dismissed as, oh, it's just a, a mid-table team, two teams, a mid-table clash with two teams who've got nothing to play for this season. And I was there thinking, well, if we win, we go a point behind Liverpool, assuming that they lost to City, which they eventually did. We're now two points off sixth, and obviously Brighton have got a couple of games in hand. But for me, and I, I think I've said it probably after the Bournemouth game as well, but we have still got a hell of a lot to play for this season, and but you know the the longer t- you know people want to just sort of ignore us, and not really talk about us. I'm fine with that because we'll, we'll just quietly carry on going about our business and just what you were sort of saying there, like reading out those stats. Some sometimes like they they can be useful to look at like stats in the game and things like that. 
But yesterday, it was kind of one of those weird ones where if you hadn't seen any footage of the game, you just looked at the stats, you think, oh, you know, dominant Chelsea performance, how, you know, Villa are fluke this. But it's one of it's one of those games where you can have all, the, you know, the, the numbers on paper, nothing beats the, the eye test. And you watch that game and that, yeah, like Tom said, it wasn't a smash and grab. It, it didn't, weirdly, it didn't feel... It didn't feel like Chelsea were battering us, whereas if you just purely looked at possession and number of shots, you'd think Ginel Villa must have been properly under the cost for 90 minutes. And they did have a couple of good chances, but like Tom said, that's going to happen. You're never going to dominate for 90 minutes, you know, without conceding anything. It was very rare that you're going to do that in the Premier League. But I just, it was so comfortable. I felt so comfortable watching Villa. And it's, it's almost... I always feel uncomfortable with how comfortable I am watching Villa <laughs> at the moment. But it was it was just brilliant. And like I said, when we went 2-0 up, I thought, that, that's game over because the midfield we've got, and yeah, I completely agree with what you, uh, what you said earlier there, Tom. Our midfield, that partnership, especially with Louise and Kamara, there's not many better than that in the Premier League, I don't think, as a partnership. Cons and Mings look excellent again. And as you quite rightly pointed out, best goalkeeper in world football. He's playing for Aston Villa. But even like Moreno, I think, has really started to settle in now. I, I yeah. think but he, he took a bit of time to adapt, which was always going to happen. But I just think he, he looks like he's been there for ages. Ashley Young comes in and, and does what Ashley Young does. You know, he's experienced, great defender. Absolute shit house along with Martinez to wind up the opposition, which I just love to see. So it's, yeah, it's it's just all going so well at the moment. Yeah, I mean the thing with the stats as well, like like you're saying, if you just looked at the stats, you think Chelsea are bad at us. I think it's weird to say because no team, obviously, if you could plan a perfect game, you wouldn't give up any chances, right? You'd monopolize possession, everything like that. But Villa don't. One thing I love about this Villa team is we don't look afraid at all of. The not even the opposition just having possession, but also having possession in our final third. We don't panic anymore, yeah, at all. I know it's and okay. I know that there were. I think it's like people are saying like there are always going to be teething problems with Emery's like play out from the back system, the way he likes to play, and like we saw those teething problems. Not so much Arsenal and City because they are two teams who are clearly better than us, but like the Leicester game. We saw those teething problems a lot. And to be fair, we nearly we nearly gave away the same goal again, didn't we? Like five minutes in with Martinez playing the ball out to Kamara. Um, those are little kinks that hopefully you iron out, but it's also all part of the sort of... Genuinely, I think it's the kind of thing that we need to get comfortable with forgiving those kinds of things for the, for the greater good, really. Um, because the system's working, right? Like the coaching's working, the system's working, the training ground... Uh, the time and effort spent on the training ground are working. And I think so Villa just look, we look confident with the ball, confident without the ball. Everyone knows what they're all. To your point about Moreno, I, I agree completely. I thought he was excellent. I thought it's probably his best game for us. And it's just, that's indicative of management. Because if you look like under Gerard, we had players who had played together for two years who looked like they'd never met before in real life. And now we've got people, okay, we haven't met, made many, you know, we haven't brought many in yet. But Moreno's come in, little bit of warm-up time like everybody does, and now he looks like he's been our left-back for two years. And it just that fills you with confidence as well, because while I don't I don't think we need to go necessarily go nuts in the transfer market this summer, but it gives you more confidence in every aspect of it. Like, if we can... It, I just fully trust Emery in every regard, really. Tap. 
tactics, talent acquisition, like whatever it is. We said, can you use the phrase again? What did it take? 20 minutes? Can you use the phrase? We gave give him the keys. Like we gave him the keys. It's paying off already. I think it's fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to get too delusional, but I also did say in the last podcast, I think me and Simon did, and I mentioned this pre-recording, I said, if we beat Chelsea, I'm all in on the European dream. We'll get to that in a second. Um, because, I mean, and I told these guys before, so they've heard this and they'll probably roll their eyes thinking I'm telling another story. But to kind of pull back the Canadian curtain per se, um, I don't know why that sounds dirty, but regardless of that, um, moving my desk yesterday, moving my office around the house, Heard it was 2-0 in the background, and I jumped up, and I just said, I now believe. I was by myself with my dog. Maybe that kind of puts a little bit more in context about my life, but regardless of that, it's almost uncomfortable to see Villa doing this well and to have so much confidence. And, okay, Chelsea are having a poor season, let's be honest. Um, Of course, Graham Potter's now been sacked. I didn't even realize that until these guys told me right before recording, so thank you guys, Um, or I would have sounded like an idiot. But it's it's even the simple things and we and i don't want to get into the whole steven gerrard was crap thing uh i mean if you really want to i guess give him some credit um as thomas said before he signed bubakar kamara um and because of how bad he did he gave us unai emery so maybe you give him like a d plus just for that or whatever um but just the confidence in unai emery giving him the keys to do what he needs to do and let's be honest, and Tom, you said this um, when Unai was originally appointed. It's probably going to take at least a season, we thought, to really start seeing some change. The guy took two days, and we beat United. Two! And he's already axed that. And then there was the whole third kit thing, and we can't win there. And then it was beating the likes of Chelsea and the away record and reigniting Ollie Watkins' career at Villa. I mean, he's been consistent throughout, but I mean... We've went literally from, and I said this to Tom last night, from, I wouldn't say crying out for another striker to be the starter and to be the main man. We have that now, and it's so weird to say in a way because it felt like the way Watkins was going, it almost feel like going into the summer, maybe that's the end of it. But he simplified it. Emery simplified it. He's getting the best out of players like Callum Chambers yesterday. I mean, the fact that we switched formations three times throughout the game when he realized that things were kind of going wrong and were under the cosh a lot. Um, you can look at that, for example. And I mean, Callum Chambers has had the odd, very brilliant moment in his Villa career. But I think we all kind of thought, okay, Emery's coming in. He had him in Arsenal and he really never featured. And I mean, that could still be the same going forward. But not having that much confidence uh, uh, talking me, myself and Callum Chambers I mean, coming in for Bubakar Kamara, you would think it was a world of difference and we'd be having a massive hole, but there was no issue. It's just these small tweaks, even when you're looking at, I mean, the bench, it's definitely improved since the first season back in the Premier League. We can all acknowledge that. But these are also things we were saying under Gerrard and under Dean Smith earlier on that this bench isn't good enough. There has to be better first team players and regular starters in this side. Well, I mean, considering what Unai Emery has been doing in the grand scheme of things, he's getting a tune out of basically everybody. And it's all I'm saying in this whole kind of long-winded, I guess, loving of Unai Emery that I'm saying that I've probably been saying for weeks and weeks now is he's basically simplified things to the point and got these players to buy in. 
And really, it's amazing to see what a little bit of world-class coaching can do. Because let's be honest, he is one of the best coaches in the Premier League. It reminds me a bit of, um, like, with the thing about Chambers coming in for Kamara and stuff, like, there are a few examples of teams in recent years. Like, weirdly, I think Brentford are one. I think this is uh, uh, there was that. Do you remember that there was that Athletic Bilbao team from about ten years ago or something? They played Man United in the Europa League or something, and they had. I didn't know much about them, but you watched them play, and they were the kind of team who you felt like it doesn't actually, in a way, it barely matters the the personnel that are out there because if they lose someone, they just have some. They plug somebody into the gap, and the wheels keep turning. And that's having a good system, having good coaching, having a good like ethos on the training ground and on the pitch. Obviously you have different levels with personnel. Like if you take Kamara out, we do get a bit weaker in midfield, but we also won a bunch of games without him. Like, you know, like, and um, so I think that Villa are showing signs already. Personnel will always be important, but Villa are showing signs already that under Emery, we can become one of these teams who are kind of a, uh, a well-oiled machine and like when one man falls another one's next in line to replace him and slot straight in and it's the kind of thing we haven't had for ages like even when even in good runs that we've had in recent years i feel like a lot of those a lot of that good form has hinged on two three four particular players playing really well week in week out and like don't get me wrong we wouldn't be where we are without the form of people like watkins and Martinez obviously but you've seen it in recent things like Chambers coming in was the latest example and doing and doing well at Stamford Bridge I know Chelsea aren't all that but like to slot straight in perfect we've seen it even okay Watkins is a weird example because he's scoring most of our goals at the moment but I see signs of it already like I think to have seen the impact we've seen from John Duran already even off the bench says a lot about the environment that these players are coming into right moreno's the next one like it's just made sort of now he looks like he's making the left back position his own already and if villa can become that team with a long-term sort of focus who don't necessarily buy players for the player but they buy players for the system that those players are coming into there's no reason that we can't have a sustained period of success like obviously what you define success is is subjective like i agree i don't want to get too carried away and i'm one i'll hold my hands up even a month ago to simon's point earlier i would honestly have said i think i did say that we had nothing really to play for like a month ago because i just never thought okay there are signs of improvement or whatever but i never thought that there would be this much sign of improvement this quickly i thought we were we would maybe be having this conversation by about november that we could be a team actually pushing for europe Never thought that we'd be having this conversation at the start of April. And so to see those gains on the pitch already, it's really hard not to get a bit giddy, right? And like I think as Villa fans for the last 10 years, we've spent so much time being miserable, being frustrated, like questioning the quality of the players, questioning the long-term direction of the club, that we're well within our rights to enjoy periods like this. Like you almost wish that you could bottle the feeling and remind yourself during a sticky patch that this is something that's being built at the club right now. And so the, the scary thing for me is looking ahead at the fixture list because it's good. It's nice, right? So like if it's it's kind of, it does, you immediately like hesitate, don't you? But 
the European conversation, I don't think it should be an expectation at all, even with the good form that we qualify for Europe. But it's a genuine conversation now, you know, in a way that it wasn't even, I think, like a month ago. Well, I mean, if it does happen, it's an absolute bonus. And I, I think a lot of people also, and I, I've been listening to a couple other Villa-related podcasts today, um, as I've been putting a nightstand together, which I realized I put together wrong. <laughs> so I have to take it apart. But anyways, that has nothing to do with this. Um, but when I was doing that, I mean, some people made very good points in the sense that you just have to go for it because how many times in the championship days did we hear, well, if we go up this season, we're not ready for it. And even during the 10 game unbeaten run in the playoff final, a lot of people were a little concerned that we wouldn't have the team to stay up. And I mean, they're almost correct. (laughs) Um, Let's be honest. Um, But these opportunities don't come at the perfect time and you you really have to grasp it. I, I think that's the one thing we have to kind of, um stress as one of the more important factors regardless of that though i mean kind of to just get back to bill perspective as a whole i mean these guys will know because i i mean i've told them previously but i started following villa when paul lambert came in why i do not know regardless of that i'm allowed to get delusional because this is as good as it's probably gonna get for a little while i mean it could get better but simon i'll throw it this way and i mean we're not really pointing directly to the game or referencing it because maybe we'll get back to that in a second i feel like there's such a a higher degree of relevancy and just the overall spectrum of improvement with villa but when you're sitting back and looking at it, it, it it's almost funny because i felt like at the start of the season and let me know how you feel here in a second I felt like this kind of momentum with Villa and being where we are now was almost the expectation in the summer. And now there's, of course, I mean, considering how the season started, I never thought we would get to this point. But we had the squad technically. We were just missing the the, the man management, the coaching, clearly. It's clear as day. It's it's almost funny how grateful we are for what we expected in the summer now. Do you get, do you get what I mean? I'm trying to make that as sensible as possible or sensible i don't even know what sensible is a word but anyways save me yeah i mean i agree at, at the start of the season i i did look at the squads that we've got and think we should be competing for top eight finish here not that you necessarily will definitely do it but i thought we had the squad capable of of a top eight finish but obviously the start was so horrific you kind of thought well okay let's just let's just stay up save this season and so you kind of you can almost look at it as like oh like a wasted year, but I don't think it has been at all though. Really, like now, well, I mean, obviously, you're assuming that we don't have a disaster in these last two games, which I don't see coming. But it's the the progress that we've made under Emery. It, it is it is incredible from like especially from the point of view of where we were when we took over. I kind of. You know, like I said, I I think we've got a good squad of players there. So I'm not surprised that the squad of players we've got is now is now in that top half of the table because I think they're more than capable of a top half finish. And I say a top eight. What is the surprise is how quickly they've changed the style of play. Like, like you know, alluding to the point that Tom sort of making earlier that we kind of thought maybe. It would take 12, 18 months or something for everything to, you know, really gel together. And it's the fact that it seems that they so quickly they seem to have got it down. Obviously, it's not perfect. You, you know, you can always improve and there are things that, that you can still work on. 
but it's yeah, it's just just the way that everyone kind of knows exactly what they're meant to be doing in in, in the team now, and, and that sounds like a such an obvious thing to say. But as we saw with the previous manager, that that obviously just wasn't the case. You look at John McGinn; it's a perfect example of he. You know, he wasn't playing well, but I think he was hampered by the position that he was being played in and the system uh, that that we were playing. But sort of, you, you look at obviously he's he's tend to play sort of uh, like wide right in a weird way. He's not not we don't really play with wingers; we play four four two. If you know what I mean, so he's he's further up the pitch. But then you look at. The two games that Kamara was out with this last injury to the West Ham and Bournemouth, McGinn moved sort of infields. And part of you, there was an initial worry that I had where I kind of thought, oh, I don't know, like he, he didn't really suit that sort of deeper role as Gerrard. It's better going further forwards. But, but it's it's sort of alluding to the point that you were making, Tom, with it's just it doesn't really matter who the personnel is necessarily because everyone knows the system. And so begin moving that bit deeper. The fact that at the start of the season you're looking, you look at McGinn playing like in a more deeper midfield role, and you think it's oh, not right, doesn't suit him, he, he can't, he's not really doing it. But those two games, he was outstanding in, in that because it's it's all about how the role is coached and how not just what you're doing, but knowing, you know, I, I, I would assume that. The, set, the centre forward, Ollie Watkins, knows exactly where Moreno is meant to be, you know, given in, in any given situation. It's not just knowing your own position, it's knowing what everyone else is doing. And that that is why we look such a cohesive unit at the moment. And that kind of also explains what you were saying, Tom, about how we look comfortable with the opposition having the ball, even in our final third. You look at Brighton away, Tottenham away, and now Chelsea away. They're all very similar kind of performances from us in the way that, you know, we, we got the goals and then we're like, yeah, we'll sit deep, you know, give it your best shot yeah, because you ain't getting through. <laughs> you know, it was, so, it was so hard to break down now, which I, I think that's probably for me the biggest improvement and biggest thing to get excited about is because it's if you've got good attacking players... It can sometimes can be easy to to change a team that isn't scoring to one that is because you can just go let's just you know just bomb it forward and just everyone go all out attack. Sorting that defense out and getting that solidity from the back four and the midfield as well. That that is tough to do. That that and especially a team that's on its arse as we were when when Emery came in. You know the confidence was so low. To get that level of improvement as quickly as he's managed to do is unbelievable. Yeah, and the one thing I did want to bring up too, and it's it's kind of interesting when you when you look under the behind closed door seasons under Dean Smith or season under Dean Smith, I should say, we did so well because we were so solid defensively. Of course, we were scoring too, so it helped. But the players were putting their bodies on the lines, they were blocking shots, they were cohesive. It's almost like we've taken little bits of that former success. And Emery's been able to translate it into kind of a a wider spectrum, per se. And, I mean, that's the real difference. It's it's so, I don't know if this is mean to say, but it's almost a shame we didn't go from Dean Smith to Unai Emery. But regardless of that, it's there's some correlation there. And I feel like a lot of people, and I'm maybe one of them, and I'm sure you guys felt like this at some point um, during the last year or so um, prior to Unai Emery coming in, 
it just kind of felt like a lot of these players, their time at Villa was running out. It was maybe time to switch things up. That spark for that one season that we felt like we were going to kind of be the high flying team and we came out of nowhere. It's always been there. It's just kind of, for me, it's almost been, we've needed that person to be able to build upon that and take that further. And of course that clearly is Unai Emery. But the one thing I do want to throw back to you, Tom, and I mean, this kind of goes all the way back to when we were talking about stats and like I've referenced there, of course, there's been so many moments during that Chelsea game where players put their bodies on the line to block a pass, block a ball, whatever, um, to make that small sacrifice to get us three points on Saturday. But I, I feel like there's almost kind of another talking point within that too, and that really being within the midfield itself. And like I said, Bubakar Kamara didn't have the greatest game. We all have to admit, of course, give him some slack. He did come back from injury, of course, and he had that misplaced pass. And I think everyone had their hearts in their mouths or wherever in their body thinking, oh, crap, here we go. But when you look at the likes of John McGinn, Jacob Ramsey, Emmy Buendia, I mean, you could throw anyone in there, Tom. I mean, they're all performing to that standard. But the one I want to kind of focus on and get your opinion, it's John McGinn, because you look at when we got him in the championship, he was dynamic. He was tireless. He was, of course, it's a different standard. He was running after every ball and tracking it down. And really, ever since that injury, it feels like we've always seen kind of glimpses of the old John McGinn, or we've wanted him to kind of recapture some of that international form. Well, he's doing it right now. And whatever kind of issues there was with captaincy and questioning of of that, and I know I've been one of those people that have questioned that kind of move from Mings to McGinn and is it now affecting McGinn's game. I mean, he's been transformed, hasn't he? I just, like I love him honestly. I think I remember saying uh, at some point at some point last year I think that like McGinn's probably for for me personally up there with um my favorite Villa players of the last I don't know of the decade of the last decade maybe the post O'Neill era and okay you could say maybe like slim pickings but like there were a lot of characters in the particularly the promotion season and even like since since we come back up, there are you know there are a lot of players and a lot of characters. McGinn for me is his form has his form has varied a bit over over the last three years. I think Simon's absolutely right to highlight the pos- the positional thing, and it's not even necessarily so much about the exact positioning on the pitch. It's what he's asked to do as a player. Like what ch- some of the stuff Gerard was asking McGinn to do was ludicrous with hindsight, um, and not conducive at all to getting the best out of him he's he's like a kind of like rip roaring pit bull of a midfielder like needs to needs to have the shackles taken off him and you've got to I think he's a player that you've got to trust to have a certain level of self-discipline I don't just necessarily mean discipline in terms of like not getting booked or not giving away fouls but like positional discipline and knowing when to surge forward and when to hold back I really think he has all that stuff to his game I think he's actually a very intelligent midfielder um and I think Gerard, the way that Gerard approached it with him was completely, um, what's the word, restrictive and, and inhibitive, I guess, of the way that McGinn likes to play. Couple that with the fact, the whole captaincy thing. It's not at all that I don't think that McGinn is a character who can be captain of the club. I definitely think he do, but I definitely think he, he, he is, that he can be that guy. But, you know, you do wonder how McGinn felt about the manner in which the captaincy change was handled. Like, it can't have been nice for McGinn to see the captaincy ripped from Mings and given to him. Like, it's an awkward position to be put in. 
as two players who have been playing together for years and come up together. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, and the, but the, I mean, Emery said it, I think, after the Chelsea game, or was it before the Chelsea game? But it's basically piling praise on McGinn and saying that, like, he's great player great character to have like there's a reason that every manager loves him you know he was signed by bruce smith loved him Ger- he was one of gerard's go-to guys emery loves him like that stuff doesn't happen by accident you know i think villa like apart from maybe odd occasions i think he's one of those i'd put him up alongside mings villa are just better with him in the team i think i think he adds a certain it's one of those things you, one of those things you can't even define more spirit to the way that we play and more belief. And he's one of those who I feel is a real motivator. Um, And so to see him perform at the high level that he has in recent weeks is fantastic. Because I think we all, I think maybe some of us have given up um, believing that he could reach that level again. I think it's fair enough to say that some fans had given up believing he could reach that level again. But we all hoped he could reach reach that level again. And if anything, I don't even think it's that he's reached that level again. I think he's better now than any version of McGinn that we've known in the past, adjusting for quality, like we say, with the championship. It's fantastic. And then, like you say, throw in people like you got Ramsey, you got Buendia. Ramsey, by the way, I think has been excellent in recent games. Um, a bit more license to go forward. And then I've said it, we touched on it already. Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Louise for me. That's a midfield that can take you to Europe. They, it, they're so good. They're, they're really, really good players. They're really good together. I'm glad that I'm really glad that Louise has sort of been allowed to really settle into his role and blossom more because I think he was another one who there's always portion of the fan base were always jury was out on him and um not sure that he's the guy who can take us to where we want to go. I I think that. I can understand the doubts in the past, but I think that's completely wrong. I think I think Louise can take us. I think Louise and Kamara together can take us high, higher than we are right now. And that's the kind of thing that if we were to if we were to sneak into Europe somehow, you'd need to fill the squad out quite a lot. You'd be hard pressed to find someone, I think, to break up them as a sort of midfield double pivot midfield partnership. Um because I think between the two of them, they've got pretty much every attribute that you want in a central midfielder. So then to see McGinn hit hits, hit that kind of level as well with them, no wonder we feel like we could beat any team. No wonder we're not bothered about letting the opposition have possession. 
no bothered we're go no, no wonder we're going away from home spurs chelsea like whoever it is and we're just confident that we can play people off the park whether it's with possession or whether it's by strangling the game when you need to strangle it and taking it to them when you need to take it to them like i i, I just Obviously, I, I can anticipate that form might dip again at some point. It's unrealistic to think that we're going to keep on with our current win rate and, and and keep climbing the way that we have been necessarily. But I think the key thing is like tactical system there that everyone fits into and everyone believes in. And I think the, the key thing is belief, right? This Villa, You look at this Villa team, you know that they believe they can beat anyone. Whether they win the game or not, they know they can win it. And it's just so different and so refreshing to where we were even months ago. Like we never even really had that under Smith, not post-promotion at least. You know, we pulled out some incredible results, particularly in the COVID season. But even Dean's Villa, you never felt that was a team who goes to any stadium in the country and truly believes they have the quality to win. This Villa do. And, you know, it's it's honestly, it's kind of magical to watch at the moment. <laughs> Just uh, on the game, I, I was... Uh, chatting with dad earlier on today and I was saying like I'm, it's so great I'm so happy to see him now you know being back performing at his best and getting the love because I, I was saying like you know obviously he 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 wasn't playing well you know for, for a decent amount of time but I mean no one was playing well for Villa for quite a while and I just felt the level like it, you know, if people if players aren't playing well you fans have the right to criticize, you know, you know, talk on social media, whatever. If someone's not playing well, you've got the right to see that, but there's a way of doing it. And I just thought the the level of abuse and sort of disrespect that that he was getting. For me, I, I kind of thought, you know, McGinn's a player who is, he, he gives absolutely everything to Villa. He's you know, he he, he, even if he's not playing well, you can never question work rate and effort and commitment. And I just thought, you know, we've had some absolute charlatans at our club that have really taken the piss over the last 10 years. And McGinn is definitely not one of them. And I just thought, for me, I, I found it really sad at the time. So I thought, this is a player, he, he does not deserve the, the type of abuse and criticism that he's getting. So, like and, and like me and my dad were just saying it's, it's just so nice to, to see him now getting the praise and adulation and playing well because he deserves it he's, he's one of the good guys that we've had and, and I agree with you you look at certainly the last 10 years he's got to be up there with your favourite players um, because you know like I said we've had some absolute jokers at our football club and you know again he's not one of them he's, he's some of that I, I think he's just such a good player and such a likable character as well. So it's it's just so nice to see see the level that he's at now, and I think he can improve. I still, I still think he can get better because purely because of the manager that we've got. You look at someone like Tyrone Mings, who's what thirty now, I think, and he's talked about you know the different thing, what what he's learning from memory already. So you, you know, begins. I think twenty seven, twenty eight. I think he can still get better, which is, which is quite a thought. That's one of the things that I'm like. There's a lot of talk, obviously, as you get towards summer and it'll intensify. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, so excited for the transfer window!" Like, see who Emery brings in and that sort of stuff. Genuinely, like, obviously, I want us to improve where we can. What I'm more excited about than bringing in a big money signing or like 
discovering maybe a gem in Europe who comes in and looks really great, like whatever. More excited than that. Like, I can't wait to see what some of the guys we have there, some of the old guard, as you'd probably call them now, Watkins, McGinn, uh, Mings, Concert, like these kind of people. I'm more than signings. I'm more excited to see what they look like after how long, because how long is the summer? Three months off season, like preseason? Roughly. Imagine they go on that month break or whatever. So then they have what, two, six to eight weeks probably of preseason before, maybe even before the friendlies start. I can't remember when they come back, but I'm just, I'm so excited to see what the current villa that we have now looks like after that summer. Because I can't imagine genuinely as a footballer that there can be much more invigorating than going to training every day under a manager like Unai Emery. You you must just be so excited to learn, I think, and improve and see, because he's he's clearly got a week-by-week tactical master plan as well, where he adapts. He's so flexible, it seems, in the way he prepares for teams. So you must, I think, like this win against Chelsea... Have a crack in Sunday, bask in the glory of the win. You must be excited to go back to training on Monday morning and see, right, what you know, what's next? You saw it, you see that photo of Emery on the coach on the way back with his laptop, back to work. Like you might, yeah, honestly, it must be kind of a thrill to watch him work in real time and be part of what he plans and what he builds and that sort of stuff. And like that's the exact the exact atmosphere that you want. And no wonder people like McGinn are thriving in that atmosphere, particularly compared to what came before. Well, the thing too, and I mean, this really has nothing to do with maybe anything, but the way I almost look at it and you referenced there, Tom, I mean, this is really riveting stuff when I, when I started off like that, but when you're watching someone like Unai Emery put together presentations and coach and manage and all the data that he looks at and all the information and the prep work for any of these players that maybe have a desire to be a coach in the future. I mean, even just playing and being around him is going to make you better in the future. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully that means one of these players becomes Villa manager and wins us a champions league or something just because of Unai Emery. It's all going to come back in about 10 or 15, 20 years from now. And it's all going to be like a family tree and it all started with Unai Emery. Um, That's all I'm ever going to (laughs) say. Maybe actually that was something good to say more so than something that was pointless. But regardless of that, I'm going to save these guys because I forgot to ask for the three word reviews on Twitter because I'm an idiot and I was doing 10 other things except for doing that. So my bet to everyone that likes to get involved, I'm kind of annoyed because there probably would have been a lot of really good ones. Um, So I won't ask for that, but I will go over to our match balls uh, player of the match, man, the match, whatever you want to call them. So Simon, I'll come to you. Who would you give that award to from Saturday? I mean, it's every week now, this seems to be the case. There's so many, there's so many people you could choose. Um, I mean, I'll go with the, the obvious one and who Sky game and the match and go John McGinn. Um, you know, for for the reasons that we've all been saying already on this podcast, but I mean, you literally could have you could have chosen anyone. You know, Mings and Konza I thought were outstanding as well. I, they were really really good. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with McGinn. And I actually did have a three words review, or or I'd actually go ahead. About it. Go I ahead. Know, yeah, renew those passports. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, nice. 
Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, I'll do my match ball. I don't have a. I don't have a, a three word review. Match ball. I don't know. I'd like it's McGinn for me. But if I'm going, if I'm taking it in a different direction for the sake of uh, variety, um, genuinely, I think probably I would give it. If it wasn't McGinn, I think I'd probably give it to Concert this week, actually. Because like I give it to Mc, like McGinn and Mings tend to be my go-to picks in recent weeks because I just think they're in incredible form. But Concert, like talking about talking about McGinn, Simon, like you're saying, I com- I'd like completely agree about the the stick that he was getting um for the character that he is is tough. Concert, I had some real concern over after his injury that actually, I mean, a lot of it I do think was mentality with Gerard and stuff. But I genuinely thought that he looked, Conza looked a bit like a broken man when he came back from injury. I thought something's something has changed here and I'm just not confident that he can reach the level that he was at before. Uh, I thought he was about as about as flawless as you can be as a, as a centre-half playing at Ch- a team like Chelsea. I thought he was about as flawless as you can be, really, on Saturday. Um, so credit where credit's due. I think his form recently has been excellent. And he's become, again, like just proven that he is actually a, a, a key cog in the machine. It's going to be a hell of a decision to make when Carlos is deemed to be fit enough to play. Because how would you how would you break up a defense that's the only goal they've conceded in the last five games was a penalty? You, you don't, and that that's I mean we kind of I, I've sort of said for a while. I think most people think that if you want to be getting if you want to be a team that's competing for like European football, be you know at the top end of the table, you need to have people on the bench who are just as good as the people in your first team. So that that's a great position to be in. And yeah, the concert. I think there was a moment. The first half, I think it was, where I think Chelsea, though, he was on a counter-attack and Havertz had the ball and he like, dribbled it into the area. And Cons just stuck a leg out to make this tackle. And the group that I was watching, the six of us watching the game, one of the lads was a Chelsea fan. So, I mean, he did have a great night. And one of the other lads is a, a Blues fan. And even uh, my mate Ben, the, who's a Blues fan, it, when Cons made that challenge, he went, Bloody hell, that's a good tackle. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Cons was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And I agree with you. I think it was. I I did have concerns. I did think he's something's something's happened here, and he's he's not something. It something clearly wasn't right. And I I, mm. I think you're probably right that it must it must have been a mentality thing because we all know what a player he can be. But it just you did look at him and think, I, I don't know what's happened here, and I don't know how do you fix it but it's super in our emery yeah <laughs> i mean how uh, you fix it. and it wasn't long ago was it we were calling Ro- Conza like a rolls royce of a defender and tipping him for england well the, the rolls royce is back out the garage now isn't it like... <laughs> happy days <laughs> oh i love being deluded it's so much more fun than being depressed about villa it's uh, a little uncomfortable to be honest almost makes me want to have nervous sweats but regardless of that um I'm going to give it to Emmy Martinez, of course. Uh, for one, he broke the record, let's be honest. 34 clean sheets in his first 100 uh, Premier League appearances for Aston Villa, and he does it against Chelsea. I thought, it just it's just not going to happen, is it? They're going to score one goal or something like that, and of course it had to be against Chelsea. But against all odds, he made some very excellent saves. That uh, I, I like to call it his um, trophy-winning leg or thigh that he likes to make those spectacular saves with. He made another one on Saturday. I mean, 
we're just good. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I don't have, like, at first there was a midfield issue and it never got solved. And now we have an amazing goalkeeper. And now we have a striker that's scoring. It's just throw in that more consistent winger, maybe, uh, I don't know, like a um, an A, a plus uh, version of like Leon Bailey or something like that. And then I'm all good or someone that can do a Rabona consistently or something like that. I don't know. Um, regardless of that. I also did have a three word review um, that I've just made up, but all I'm going to say is Emery's big bollocks. Um, <laughs> drop, he yeah. drops them on the table and said, Graham Potter, goodbye. You're out of a job. Um, yes, exactly. And also like, I want to say now, Tom mentioned this. I'm going to steal it. Maybe some people will find it funny. Maybe some won't. Tom will probably be annoyed now because I'm stealing something he said. But realistically, Unai Emery has gotten Graham Potter the sack out of a result. And now Brendan Rodgers was so scared he ran out of his job as well, which translates very nicely into, of course, Leicester away on Tuesday. I think it's away. Is it away? I can't even remember. Yes, correct. Um, Regardless of that, Tom, I mean... It, it would be very villa to be new managerial or I guess uh, no not, manager. No, we're, not doing, we're not doing this. I'm not doing that. It would be very villa. No, 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 no. I, I was not done. Don't worry. But <laughs> we do have Lord Unai himself and I have every confidence he's going to break any voodoo that's in relation to Villa falling to any kind of um, poor result there. But how do you feel about it? See, it wasn't too bad. I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, it wasn't fair enough. I'm kind of <laughs> like, I mean, you are, for, for all my interrupting, you are uh, you are correct. It would be quite Villa, wouldn't it? But um, I swear we get, we seem to face managerless or new manager teams. I'm sure we get more of our, more than our fair share of this situation. I'm not happy about this. But um, as long as we turn up to the King Power, believing that we can win, believing that we're going to win, and we play like we know that we can win and we play like we're going to win then kind of what happens happens really like obviously we all we're at stage now where we all want to win every game uh, now that you get a taste for it you want it um i just want to see us i just don't want the performance level to drop that's my main thing because stuff's gonna happen like the chelsea game you know i know we said we never really felt that worried but like if that Chilwell header doesn't get put, called back for the push or like uh, Conte doesn't drag that shot wide when he was in a ton of space um, second half, it could have been, you know, it could have been different. It's just how football goes, isn't it? So like, who's to say that we don't turn up to Leicester, play really well, get hit by a sucker punch and, you know, the, 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 the result doesn't go our way. Like that might happen. I don't want, I think it's dangerous to get into a run of expecting to win. But all I want to see is I want to see Villa play like we know they can play, play like they have been playing, go in there, don't really show them much respect, walk in there like you are ready to take the win. That's all I want to see. Like as long as that performance level continues, then because uh, it's a long it's a long game, right? Like if we're serious about this European push, even I don't I don't I'd be surprised if it happens just because we had so much ground to make up. But we still got ten, like ten games left, and. We've kind of done the end of the season's not very nice. But I said earlier, I think, I can't remember exactly how I put it, but apart from City and Arsenal, I genuinely believe that we have it in us to beat any team. And City and Arsenal are out of the way, right? We've got a nice run coming up. We're confidence wise, we can't, we like, there's no way that we've known confidence like this since about 
May of the promotion season when we're about when we're about. Oh, six, I've never known this confidence. I'm, when even we're about then, six games into that winning run, yeah. I mean, well, we haven't. Like, that's the thing because even then, like, it's very different. Not like no disrespect if there's any like Miller's fans listening, but it's all it's very different beating Rotherham, isn't it? Uh, and walking in and you know walking in and beating Rotherham compared to walking in and arrogantly taking three points from Chelsea and Spurs and all this Brighton as well. So it's a result that's overlooked, like beating them and it's because it's pre-World Cup. Um, yeah, let's just walk in again. Don't respect them. Smash down the doors. If we get the win that we know we can take, then fantastic. If we don't, just keep playing with the swagger because honestly, 10 games left, plenty, like, plenty more wins to come, I think, whether, it, whether the next one's on Tuesday or not. And it's that not fearing any team and anything. And I think we're past a point now, honestly, where we need to fear a team just because they've sat their manager. I know it's obviously an ingrained thing, but we don't need to fear anyone, you know. 100%. Simon, I mean, this game is coming thick and fast, of course. I mean, the players have only had really a couple of days to to rest up and put a mindset on a new game. I mean, same for Leicester as well. They'll have a little bit more kind of turmoil, turmoil, I should say, if I can speak English, um, on their end to get things kind of figured out and go back to basics per se. But I mean, from a Villa perspective, there has to probably be some rotation heading into Tuesday, I would imagine. Do you think so as well? I mean, you look at Ashley Young at right back, or does that maybe be Kanza, someone else slots in? How do you think that's kind of kind of going to unfold, um, I should say, on Tuesday in terms of the lineup? I would probably expect pretty much the same lineup, or you know, maybe only one or two change. I think you're more likely to get if there's going to be uh, in sort of multiple changes. I suspect that will more likely happen next Saturday at home to Nottingham Forest. I think on paper, Leicester away is a tougher game than Forest at home. Not and even then, I, I think you'd probably only get maybe a, a couple of changes for the Forest game. So yeah, I, I, I would. Unless obviously you know there's you know anyone's got any knocks or anything that that means that they're not going to be able to play. I I would probably expect to, to see, I'd say at least nine of the players who started on the weekends to to be starting again on Tuesday, and and like Tom said, you know there's there's no reason to be fearful. You you don't. Yeah, arrogance is good, but as long as it doesn't slip into complacency. That's that's the worry, but you just you just don't see that happening with, with this Villa team, with this coaching staff. You know, as the fact when you know um, alluding to the photo of Emery on on the bus on the way home, you're, you know the, the plan as soon as the full time whistle blew on Saturday afternoon, you know he's okay. He's now one hundred percent focused on what to do against Leicester. So you know it's it's Leicester obviously in a a real dogfight at the moment, a real mess. So it'll be interesting to see how they react, but we're more than capable, whatever the reaction is, if there is one, it's we're more than capable of putting up with it. So yeah, go, go there cheesy and I take the three points and maybe Emery could just have a word in James Madison's ear and say, look, don't worry in the summer, I'll get you out of here. Come to Villa Park, lads. <laughs> so, that day, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm on board as well. I don't like don't like him when he plays against us, but I wouldn't tell you what, I wouldn't mind him if he played for us, gotta be honest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, the, he's a good player. The, the Emery thing, like my last point, I, I like about Emery on the bus as well coming home is that like 
what I love as well about this Villa team is as like you think about arrogance but not complacency. There's arrogance, but there's no ego. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no yeah. there's no sense of um like ego or um it's good arrogance. I don't really know how to put it. It's more like it's you're just full of confidence and belief. Whereas the thing like comparing to comparing to like the Gerard, I'll leave I will only touch on this very briefly, Cole, so don't worry about it. But the Gerard thing, you felt like if Gerard had, if Gerard pulled off a good, good win, which we did have a, like a few of in Gerard's time, you kind of got the feeling like you can imagine him sitting around congratulating himself for the next forty eight hours. Absolutely. Whereas Emery's Emery's straight into revising prep for the next the next game, and it's that that's kind of what I mean as well about the there's no ego at all. It's mm. like it's just another win. Let's get another one. You know, there's none of this patting yourself on the back or anything. It's get the win and move on, and that's. It's a sign of a really good team in the making, right? Yeah, but it was like, I mean, I, I noticed it at full time when the whistle blew, you know, goes, shakes, shakes hands of the opposition coaching staff. And then he's straight down the tunnel. He's, you know, the, let the players go and, you know, bask in the glory with the fans. He, there's no, he has no showboating, whereas, you know, if we'd have won two in that Stamford Bridge under Steven Gerrard. He's he's running around topless on that picture, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 just great to have a manager like that. And like you say, with the fact like the no, it's like arrogance and confidence without ego. You you do really see that. I mean, even like this is probably like a really random point, but I, I thought like Leon Bailey coming on, I actually thought like he. He had a, he, he did quite well when he came on. And he had a good game, shot, like to be honest. Yeah, yeah, like, but like he, but that's you know someone who's he's not been in the best of form. Let's be honest. But the fact that he and he's, so he's he's not been playing particularly well. He's been dropped, but there's no there's no sulking or anything like that. You know, he, he gets given 10, 15 minutes, and he's like, all right, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take the drop on the chin. Let me show you what I can do. Let you know, let's just get stuck in. Let's uh, let's get this three points over the line. And then like the celebrations afterwards, you know, they're all all the players are all hugging and smiling and laughing with each other. And it's uh, that just a little thing like that for me, I, I think is a really big thing because it'd be so easy. And you, we know that Leon Bailey's an emotional guy. As we saw after the Wolves game, like he could it could be easy. That that could have been something he could have been really taken to heart, thinking I've not been playing well. Some of the fans have been getting on my back and now I've been dropped. But I, I, I just, I, I just personally for me, I thought that was a really, a really positive and good thing to to see. I think I wonder if like part of that is that Emery's the, a Emery's the kind of manager you really want to impress. So it's like rather than being dropped, you're not being dropped by like an egotist or by a manager that you maybe don't think is qualified enough to do the job. <laughs> um, you're being dropped by like a top class manager um, who has won trophies is getting results on the pitch. Like if you're dropped by a manager like that, you want, presumably, your your reaction is that you want to prove him wrong. You want to show him what you've got, exactly. And then the other thing I think is that, or what I hope is in that kind of reaction is that Villa, I really hope now we're Villa are coming becoming a project that players want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Whether they're starting every week or they're getting 20 minutes from the bench every week or they're starting some weeks and coming off the bench other weeks. Like I just really hope we're becoming a team now that players just want to be, just really want to be part of the match day squad every week, no matter how big that role is week from week. Um, because again, I think that's another sign. It's another sign of progress. 
to your point earlier as well, Simon, about the quality of the bench being raised. Like you need players who can come in and fill gaps. Like you need that quality to, to be raised. Um, you also need that attitude where everyone really is in it together and you're delighted for your teammates, even if you didn't see game time or whatever. And like, I just, all the signs I think are that those ingredients are there already, which is remarkable really considering that, okay, two games before the World Cup or whatever, but we've basically had three months of football under Emery. Um, so to see that already, fantastic. Absolutely. Well, I'll partner this with a score prediction question because I feel like it's only appropriate to do so. Um, 7,500 Holt's very own Phil Vogel asks, am I allowed to dream that Ashley Young will score a screamer before the year is out? So I want both your answers with that and I want the score prediction heading into Leicester as well for Tuesday. If Ashley Young does score a screamer, it will be another screamer, won't it? Because he hit that one at Forest from outside outside the box. Um yeah, I think no, I think we can dream that. It's going to be in the... Uh, tell you what would sit very nicely would be an Ashley Young... We haven't had an Ashley Young direct free kick in about 12 years. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Um, in front prediction. of the whole end. That's what in I front want. of the, the whole young, end would be very young nice. free kick in front of the whole. Yeah, that's on the bucket list for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, Scoreline-wise, Leicester, I think... I'm expecting a little bit of a bumpy ride. Um, but... I don't know. I still don't like predicting Villa wins, uh, but I'm going to say I think I think we'll come away with a two-one win. I think we'll ride out a bit of pressure. I do think James Madison's going to score, or if not Madison, is he a Nacho fit? That's the big question. Isn't it? Is he <laughs> oh bloody? Jesus! Every, I didn't even think of that. Every bloody time we play against that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so either Madison or Ian Nacho. Hopefully, only one of them. Hopefully, only once. But I do think I do think we'll concede. But. Like we go into every game, I believe that we can not only score in every game, aren't we? Like literally every game under Emery, every game we look like we can score more than once. And I'd really like to think at the moment, confidence and quality wise, we can overrun them in midfield and really sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck. Even if that, again, like we said, even if that is giving them quite a lot of possession, doesn't really matter if it's harmless possession. So I'll go, I'll go to one win, even though. It feels very wrong to predict a Villa win still. 100%. Simon, take it away. Yeah, in the same way, I I, I don't feel like I want to say this out loud. <laughs> I kind of... I, I'm i going to go for another 2-0. Uh, yeah, I just think... It's a game... Leicester, and I mean, this this is going to be stupid because I'm, I'm really just going to jinx everything here, but Leicester are in a real, real mess. Like, I... I genuinely worry for for them in terms of staying up. I, I I can see them going down. It just looks so horrible there at the moment, and the the contrast between their form and and ours at the moment is is ridiculous. But then I kind of I do have that worry. Like I think back to the home game against them, and then we lost four two, and like. You kind of uh, came away from that game, not, and I still don't really understand how we lost that. So you never know what's going to happen. But um, now I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm confident and going to go 2 0 there. I'm going to be overly confident as well. See, this is going to, this is what's going to haunt us. We're going to lose 3 1 or something now that we've said this. I'm going to go. 3-0 to Villa. Why not? You know what? They're they're miserable. They're crying. They're sobbing. They're scared of relegation. Just put the foot right on the throw and keep pressing down a little bit more. And you know what? After that, they can breathe some more fresh air and go on everyone run they want to go on. Um, Professor Unai has no time for any ridiculousness 
like that. So I think it's pretty good way to nearly end this podcast with a positive one. Um, I did want to give a couple shout outs to pe- people on Facebook because I did ask for questions or their thoughts as well. So my phone's literally at 1%. So hopefully I can get to this very quickly. Um, just to Steve Brown, uh, thanks Steve for getting involved. Um, he said the future is bright under Unai. To think we have some talented youngsters coming back next season is frightening. Um, he did want us to discuss who we think we'll keep and sell, but I think that's an episode that is definitely meant for the summer and we'll probably do eventually anyways. Um, he says he enjoys the show, so it's very, very much appreciated. Um, and John Brown says the whole team worked their socks off, but Big John and Jacob Ramsey were outstanding in midfield and some fantastic goalkeeping by emmy he just just keeps getting better and better so i think that is a good way to uh, leave this one off thank you very much to everyone for listening uh, apologies that um i forgot to almost in- in- include the questions until the very end but that's uh that's what I do in this whole cast. It'd probably be better if there was someone else running it. But regardless, um, we are here regularly enough, and that's a success in my books. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Of course, you can find Simon on Twitter at Cy O'Regan. Find Tom on Twitter at TD Nightingale. You can find me, Cole, on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt email holtzcast at gmail.com and of course check out the website triple w dot 7500 to holt dot com for all that good stuff we should be back hopefully early wednesday morning with another podcast to hopefully talk about another villa win and professor unai giving us all the good feelings going into next weekend's game but all i can really say thinking about this now is once you have a good feeling you just don't want it to stop and um, I wanted to kind of put some musical lyric into it and I had one and now I forget. So I'll just save myself the embarrassment and shut up. And all I can say really is up the villa. 